Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. We are beginning, we're launching a series that we have been super excited about. I've been like (laughs) chomping at the bits uh, to have the opportunity to be a part of the teaching process or the teaching in this series. Pastor Sam, again, will be back next weekend. He's going to pick up. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the the Holy Spirit. For some, uh, this is an introduction. Maybe you just really haven't heard a lot or really any about the Holy Spirit. Well, this series can be an introduction to the Holy Spirit, what He is, who He is, what He's like, and what what He has to offer for you in your life. For some, it could be a reawakening. Maybe you've heard about the Holy Spirit and you, you've even had him, li- he's been active in your life, but maybe, maybe he's taken a back seat to other things and this series, God can use this series to reawaken, uh, reawaken your relationship with him, uh, refocus, help you refocus on your relationship uh, with him. Either way, either way, the purpose of this series is to help people develop a relationship with the most genius person on the planet. The most incredible person on the planet. The most amazing person on the planet. The person of the Holy Spirit. Um, a few, about, 20, uh, about 20 centuries ago, around 20 centuries ago, the Apostle Paul was right walking uh, on a road just uh, right outside Ephesus. And he has an encounter with some believers, some Christians, some followers of Christ. And he asked them a peculiar question. It seemed kind of odd, but actually it's not. And it's a question that we should continually be asking today. And so as, he, as he's interacting and he's, enca- he's encountered these uh, followers of Christ, these disciples of Christ, and he's interacting with them, he asked them this question, Acts 19.2. It says, and Paul asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In other words, you believed in Jesus, you accepted Jesus as your Savior, but did anybody tell you about the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Now, now look at their response. Look at how they answered. They answered, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, you may think that's an odd question. You may think that is a weird question. But the truth is, that is a really, really important question that all of us should ask ourselves this morning. If the Holy Spirit spoke to you and asked you this question, who am I? If he asked you this question, who am I? Who am I to you? What would you say? What would be your response if the Holy Spirit asked you that question, who am I? What would be your answer? And the reason that that's an important question to answer is because often there is a difference between who the Holy Spirit is understood to be and who he really is. Because sometimes there's a gap or there's a difference between who the Holy Spirit uh, is understood to be and, and who he really is. The truth is the Holy Spirit is a genius. The truth is the Holy Spirit is a magnificent and incredible gift from God. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But again, if, if he asks you that question, who is he to you? Who is he to you? Who is he to you? I'm going to move, move backwards a little bit from that question, that moment in time where Paul, was, uh, Paul asked those followers of Christ this question. Have you heard of the Holy Spirit? Do you know about the Holy Spirit? And they gave him that answer. Let's move, let's, move, let's move back a little bit, about, again, about 20 years to a very important point in time. It's the time that the New Testament church was born. It was the genesis of the church that we are a part of today. And I want you to get that thought. 
I want you to get that thought. The, 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 the New Testament church was born on the day of Pentecost. Going to talk more about Pentecost, the day of Pentecost in, some, in a future uh, sermons. In a future sermon, but, 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 the, but the, the, the reality of Pentecost is that it was a festival. It was a big celebration that the Jews had had for generations. And it was taking place in Jerusalem. And it was in that moment that, that, that there was a group of believers, about 120. Actually, there were more invited or instructed, but there was only 120 that stayed. How many of you know it's important that when God says for you to be in a certain place, you need to stay there until he speaks to you about doing something else? So there were about 120 people, 120 believers or followers of Christ in the upper room at the height of the festival, at the height of the celebration of Pentecost. And the Bible uh, gives the account of the birth of the New Testament church this way. Acts 2, 4, it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of who? All of the disciples that were in the upper room, in the place where Jesus had instructed them to be, those that, that Jesus had talked with, those that Jesus, uh, they had followed Jesus, they were in the right place, all the, in the right time. And, and the Bible says that, that there was a moment in time where there was, it was like a wind that came into that room. It was like fire that came into that room. In verse 4 it says, And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This Ladies and gentlemen, it's the beginning of the New Testament church, the same church that we're a part of today. Isn't that exciting? I mean, it was exciting because the Holy Spirit that had been predicted and talked about for over 4,000 years, finally, he's here. Not, not just here, he was there all the time, but finally, he could take another step and really fulfill God's, the Father's perfect assignment that he had been given. So it was exciting and it was wonderful, but, but, but yet there was something else that took place that day, the genesis on the genesis of the birth of the church that we're a part of today. Verse 6 says, and when this sound occurred, the, occurred, the, the, the multitude came together and were confused. In other words, there was a multitude of Jews. There were Jews everywhere. There were, there were even converts to Judaism everywhere in Jerusalem. So they hear this moment. They hear this noise. They hear this ruckus, so to speak. And they all gathered around the, the area below where this was taking place. And, and it says that they all came together. Watch this. Pay very close attention to this next point that Luke specifically said. It says, and they were confused. Not the people in the upper room, it was the people on the street. Not the people in the upper room, it was the people that had gathered around and they heard this. They were confused, but I love what happens next. Peter stands up. How many in the house are thankful for Peter? One of the reasons I'm thankful for Peter is that if Jesus allowed Peter to walk and hang around him, we've all got a chance. <laughs> Listen, you might like, we may be like Peter. You may not get it right all the time, but when you did get, when you do get it right, it's right. Come on now. And so Peter stands up and he brings clarity. He brings clarity. Here's what he does. Acts 2, 15 talks about, and 16 talks about how he brings clarity. And so he's responding to the criticism. He's responding to what the people in the street are saying. He says, indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, talking about the 120 people. For it is only nine o'clock in the morning. Watch this. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Joel. Stop real quick. 
This is very, very important that you get this. When something important to God's people happened, people criticized it. When something that was good and legitimate, legitimately from God happened, people criticized it. Why did they criticize it? They criticized it because they were confused. And listen to me, that still happens today. People still criticize the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me, but we got to give them some slack sometimes. Because I'm convinced they, they, they criticize it because they are what? They are, they're confused. So what does Peter do? Peter knew that there was confusion, so he brings clarity. How does he do that? What does he do? He quotes what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Why? Because truth brings clarity. Let me say it over to this side. Truth brings clarity. That's the reason, that's the reason Peter stood up. Let me say it over here. Truth brings clarity. Let me say it over here because I don't want you guys to feel left out. Truth brings clarity. That's the reason that Peter stood up and he spoke God's word and said, this is in alignment with God's word. God's been predicting it and it's here. Listen to me again. Truth brings clarity. So this morning, I want to spend some time just talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about who he is, and I'm just going to take you through the Bible and share what the word of God says about, listen to me, about the Holy Spirit. Again, again, because it's easy for, let me just say it this way, often people confuse what they, excuse me, often people reject and criticize what they need the most. Often people reject and they criticize the very thing, the good thing that they need the most. So that's the reason I just want to take some time and I'm just going to walk through some points or some thoughts and realities from the word of God concerning the Holy Spirit. So if you're, if you're, if you're taking notes, go ahead and get ready to write this down. I've been waiting for several weeks to preach this sermon. So I am super excited about this message this morning. Amen. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write this down. Point number one is this about the Holy Spirit. And this is really where we're going to camp out today. Okay. This, 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 this will be the foundation for the rest of the points is the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. One of the things that Jesus did, I think, well, Jesus did several things when he came to the earth. Aren't you thankful that Jesus came to the earth, right? Aren't you thankful that he paid for our sins? He paid for our sin bill. That's super important. Very, very important. And we're all very, very thankful for what he did. Amen. He paid for that, paid for our sins. But another thing that Jesus did is that Jesus introduced us to our heavenly father. He introduced us to our Heavenly Father. I'm not going to spend uh, any time on that because we could spend a lot of time on that. But another thing that he did is that he introduced us to the person of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to, to listen very closely as he's introducing to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to his disciples, which were like them, right? They were followers of Christ. We're followers of Christ. He's introducing the Holy Spirit to the followers of Christ. And he, we're doing the same thing right now. Amen. So here we go. John 16, 13. Jesus is introducing um, the Holy Spirit to his followers. Man, pay close attention to what he says and how he says certain things there. It says, but when he, everybody say he. The spirit of truth comes. 
he will guide you into all truth. Again, he says, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Seven times Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as a person. He didn't say it's going to come. He didn't say there was going to be a vapor that was going to come. He didn't say the dove is going to come. I mean, mean, you know, the Holy Spirit's not a dove. Come on. I, I grew up in a church that, that, that you know, the, the, the baptistry, we had the baptistry and, 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 and then, and then you know, on the top of the baptistry, there was a dove. And as a kid, I thought, man, the Holy Spirit, he just never leaves the baptistry. He always just kind of hangs around. The dove is always around the baptistry. What is up with that? But, it, but, it, but he's not. He, he, he is not a vapor. He's not an influence. He's not a mist. The Holy Spirit is a person. And you know why that's important? You know why that's important? You can have a relationship with a person, but you can't have a relationship with an emotion or vapor or mist. Come on now. Everybody look at me. The Holy Spirit is more than a feeling. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is more than just over the goosebump department. He is a person. He's real and he is a person. Can somebody say amen to that? And so Jesus knew that. He knew him. He knew the Holy Spirit. That is the reason he responded to him in person or as a person. You do know, you do know that, that the reason Jesus was able to do a lot of the cool stuff, a lot of the amazing things that he did was because he had the Holy Spirit working with him. If you, if you don't believe that, let me just share a scripture with you that proves that. Acts 10.38. If you've been around Pentecostal churches very much, I promise you, you've heard this one, right? Acts 10.38. It says, uh, you know about Jesus of Nazareth. God gave him the Holy Spirit. God gave who the Holy Spirit? He gave Jesus the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is a person. Jesus had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. The Holy Spirit and power. And you know how Jesus went everywhere doing good and healing those who were ruled by the devil because God was with him. Jesus had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And ladies and gentlemen, we have the same opportunity to have a relationship with the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had a relationship with while he walked on this earth. And you should have erupted in praise right there. Come on now. He's the same one. He's the same person. He's the same Holy Spirit that helped Jesus is here to help us. Oh, praise God. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. The, the enemy doesn't mind these kind of preaches, these kind of messages being preached. He, he, didn't, he didn't mind it. But I'll tell you what he's petrified of. He's petrified when believers begin to realize that the Holy Spirit is a person and they can have a relationship with him on the earth just like Jesus did. That's when he begins to get a bit concerned. That's the reason why he has, he's been relentless in creating confusion and chaos in the church concerning the Holy Spirit. It's been, he's one, he's, I'm not going to say one, but he's done a really good job. 
Because there are a lot of believers, there are a lot of Christians today that they don't even know about the Holy Spirit. They're like, I know Jesus and I know about the Father, but the Holy Spirit, woo. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, Ghost, I don't want to have anything to do with Ghost. I'll share that a little bit, a little bit later, but, but, but really the word ghost and spirit, actually, actually the word in the Greek, it means pneuma. It's pneuma, which means wind. So when the translators were translating it, that's the best thing that they could come up with to describe the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? So some people there, you go like, I love Jesus. And I love the Father, but the Holy Spirit, ooh, I don't want to. Everybody, everybody look at me. The Holy Spirit can be your very best friend. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can be your very best friend on, on the planet. The next, next thing I want to say about the Holy Spirit this morning is that the Holy Spirit is a gift. Is a gift. How many of you like, in the house like gifts? I don't know if you guys were like this when you were kids, but when I was a kid, I remember uh, my elders saying, you know, around Christmas time and birthdays and stuff like that, they, they would say, oh, don't bring a gift. Just, well, you, you just being here is good enough. When I was a kid, I was thinking, oh, no, you don't. You come see me. You better bring a gift. I mean, I like gifts, but guess what I'm saying today? Don't bring a gift. I just like, I just, you know, my kids, I just like you to be near me. But the truth is the Holy Spirit is a gift from our heavenly father and Jesus Christ. Outside of Jesus, he's the greatest gift your father has ever given you. So after Peter clarifies what's happening, going on, he brings them back to the word of God. Then the people that are there, they want to know what the next step is. As a matter of fact, they ask the question, what do we do? How many of you realize that in life and in following God, there's always another step? Thank you for that overwhelming response, but I'm the pastor of second chances, so I'm going to give you another chance at that one. How many of you know that regardless of how long you've been following God, where you are in life, there is always another step? And everybody said, amen. amen. So, so they're, they're like, well, show us, what do we do to do next? Peter stands up and says, I'll help you with that next step. Acts 2.38 says, Peter said to them, change your hearts and lives and be baptized each one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Watch this. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He is a gift from God. Now, 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 listen, don't be like my mama. My mama, when she passed away, we made this discovery. So she passes away and, you know, a few days later, we're sort of sorting out some of her things and, you know, trying to look through all of the things. And, and in this closet, we discovered all of these gifts. Some of the gifts we had given her. I mean, I mean, there were just, there were just boxes of gifts and, and we were, you know, we were like, what was mama doing? She just put all these gifts in this closet. And I remember my dad said, he said, you know, I remember her saying that she just wanted to save them. So she must have just come and she just brought them and put them in the closet. Listen, everybody look at me. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, don't be like Mamaw. Don't, 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 don't be like Mamaw. Because the Holy Spirit is a gift. And the, listen to me. And the last place you want him is in the closet. You're not going to need him tomorrow. You're not going to need him like when you get to heaven. You need him right now. You need him right now. 
You need who he is, what he does. You need all of him right now. So he's a gift and we should, we should honor our father because of the gift. We should honor Jesus because, because of him. We have the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. Nudge your neighbor and say, thank God for the Holy Spirit. The next, the next one is this. The next point is this. He's a person, but he also lives in you. He also lives in you. I think this is one of the most amazing realities in the Bible. I, I just, I'm just beside myself when I think about this. That, that, that the Holy Spirit, he's a person, but he also lives in me. Listen to what the Bible says for uh, 1 Corinthians six nineteen. It says, you should know that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. You, you do realize that, that, that you're created in the image of God. He is a spirit. Your inner man, your inner man is the immaterial part of you, but that's the part of you that, that exists forever. It is eternal. But you're housed, listen to me, you, you have a soul, that's your mind, your will and emotions, but, but you're housed in this tent and this tabernacle. But do you know what lives in this pile of dirt? Do you know what lives in this vessel? He is the Holy Spirit and he lives in you. What right now? He lives in you right now. He says, you've received the Holy Spirit of God, so you do not belong to yourself. You see, people go, well, when does he move in? I mean, in other words, how does he get there? It, the answer is very easy. This is like Bible 101. The moment you confess Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that partnered with Jesus, takes resonant up inside of you. He does a miracle on the inside of you that's called the new birth. You are born again. You are connected to God. Your spirit becomes alive with God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit now lives in you. It's miraculous. And let me say that it's the first miracle that he wants to do in a line of series of miracles that he wants to do in your life. Now, listen, none can compare to the new birth because that's the greatest miracle of all. But the moment that you accept Jesus as your savior, you can take it to the bank. The Holy Spirit lives in you. He's like, I'm moving in. I love this scripture in the Bible. One of my favorites, one of my life scriptures is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Not going to be a new creation one day. Not going to be a new creation when I get to heaven. He is a new creation in Christ. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. It's this creative thing. It's a creative moment. It's miraculous. So he lives in you right now. That should, listen to me, that should be your identity. You're a child of God. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. You're a new creation in Christ. I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. It doesn't make any difference. The thoughts that you've had, you are a new creation in Christ. That is your identity. You are a child of God and the Holy Spirit lives in you. Amen. Now, now you go, well, yo, well, wow. Wow, the Holy Spirit lives in me. Let, let, me, let, me, let me give you another little bit of something, something. When it comes to the Holy Spirit living in you. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you can walk 
confidently in this life. You say, Pastor John, what do you mean? The, the, the reality of it is you're going to face challenges. You're going to face difficult times. You're going to face things that are bigger than you. You're going to face things that when you look at it, you're like, oh my goodness, well, this is so much bigger than me. But I'm here to announce to you and say to you that it's not bigger than the one who lives inside of you because the Bible says greater is he that lives in you than he that's in the world. That's the reason that you can walk confidently in this life. No wonder the enemy loves to keep this kind of confusion about the Holy Spirit. Because if you're confused, there's not clarity, then, then, then when circumstances hit, you'll fold. But when you know the Holy Spirit lives in you, you're like, bring it on, devil. Because listen, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in me. You can't stop me. I, I'm just, I don't know about you, but I, man, this makes my wheel spin. The next thing, the next thing that I want to say to you about the person of the Holy Spirit is that he brings gifts. He brings gifts. Often this is one of the first things when it comes to the Holy Spirit. People want to know, well, tell us about the gifts. And I'm not going to dive into it and unpack them all this morning because obviously I don't have enough time, but we are going to get in them as we walk through this series. And you're like, okay, what Sunday are you going to tell us about the gifts? I'm not telling you. But I'm telling you, you invite your friends, invite your friends, invite your friends that may need some clarity because I'm telling you, this series will help them. You might not be able to explain it all, but between pastor and myself and the help of the Holy Spirit, it'll get straightened out. Amen. 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 Have them here. First Corinthians 12 one says, now concerning what you wrote about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I want you to know the truth about them. There is a truth about the gifts and they must be heard. I said, they must be heard. But I'll just say this about the gifts. The gifts are still for today. And you say, well, I thought they passed away when the disciples passed away in the first century church. Hold that thought. Number one, the Bible doesn't say that. You, it's not in the Bible. You cannot find it. It is not in the Bible that the gifts are not available for today. Besides that, remember this. We are part of the same church that we read about in Acts 2. It's not a different church. So why would God give a group of his kids gifts but not give the rest of them gifts? They needed gifts then. And I'm telling you, we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. Listen to me. And not just within the four walls. Not just within the four walls. Come on now. Somebody's like, I like to go to church so I can see the gifts work. Listen, 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 listen. listen. They're not just for the church in the four walls on a particular day. The gift giver lives in you 24 7. He, he's not just here on Sundays. He's with you 24-7 because he lives in you. This is good preaching and teaching. Oh, this is so good. And by the way, listen, by the way, by the way, by the way, everybody listen to me. Listen, there's no doctrine in the Bible that has not been taken out of context. You won't find one. 
But there have, there have been teaching and some things about the gifts that was taken out of context. That's why we've got kind of a bad rap at times. Amen? But how many of you know, again, the gifts are for today. I've been waiting all week long for this next one to say this next one. Concerning the person of the Holy Spirit. I love this one. This is one of my more, this is one of my, I love this point. I, I've been waiting all week. Are you ready for this? He's not weird or spooky. The Holy Spirit is not weird. He is not weird and he is not spooky. Matter of fact, he helps you be normal. If a, if a Christian is weird, it's because they're weird. If a spirit-filled Christian, they say, I'm spirit-filled, and they're weird, it's not because they're spirit-filled. They are just weird. How many of you ever, I've been around some people, I'm, I'm, man, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and they got this wild, weird, spooky look in there, I'm like, get away from me. I don't like being around weird people. The truth is, the Holy Spirit is not weird. He will not make people weird. He will make you normal. He'll make you normal. Instead of running from your challenges, you'll run at them because the Holy Spirit lives in you. That's normal. Galatians 5.22, it says, but the Spirit produces the fruit of love, not weirdness. But the Spirit produces the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Not, not being out of control, weird, goofy, and spooky. You see, if a person's weird and, and goofy and spooky, it's because, it's because they're out of control. And moving right along. The next one is this, is that the Holy Spirit, he wants to help you. Oh, he wants to help you. 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 How many in the house, how many in the house need some help? I'm going to be my first to raise my hand. I, I need some help. How many ever just said, help me, Jesus? <laughs> help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. You know, he has. He has sent the greatest helper on the planet to live inside of you. Let, let, listen, to what, listen to what Jesus said in John 14, 16. He said, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper. I'll give you another helper and he'll be with you What? forever he's coming to live in you he's a helper the word helper there if you've been around the bible a little bit you know the, what the greek word there means it means parakletos it's someone to send someone sent to assist or to help you everybody look at me i'm going to tell you something very important you need to understand about the holy spirit the person of the holy spirit listen to me he's not a doer he's a helper he, he he's he's not a doer He's a helper. Let me just say this. Everybody listen to me. He's a helper and he's holy and he'll help you with godly assignments and godly things. Are you following this? Like he'll help you do the will of God. He'll, he'll help you by guiding you and leading you and showing you. He'll, 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 he'll help you be the parent, the father, the mother, the employee. How many knows that being a good employee is godly? Amen. Because when we work, we don't just work for ourselves. We work as if we're working for who? God. 
So as you want to get better as an employee, you know what? The Holy Spirit, he'll come along. It, it's, like, it's like if I had like a thousand pound uh, weight here in the bar and it had a thousand pounds on it. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little stout, but I'm not stout enough to pick up a thousand pounds. But, but if I bent down and I started picking it up, the Holy Spirit, now soup can, soup, soup could just pull a thousand like, not even budge. I mean, he wouldn't break a sweat. I'm, this is my man up on the front that's just like, he's my hero. <laughs> But, but anyway, but anyway, it's, it's like if I was trying to pick that up, deadlift that at a thousand pounds, I know I couldn't do it by myself, but I said, Holy Spirit, help me lift this. Then he comes along beside me. I grab a hold of the bar. He grabs a hold of the bar and together we get it up. In other words, together we do things that I can't do on my own. Because far, so, uh, far too often, people are just waiting around on the Holy Spirit to do something. No, he's already given us what to do. It's to reach the world with the love of God and with Jesus Christ, to having them come to, and accept them as your Savior, discover their purpose, and begin to make a difference. He's already given it to us. We just need to put our hand to it. <laughs> people are like, I'm waiting on God to move. He'll move when we move. He helps us. He helps us. Nudge your neighbor and say, he'll help you. This this next point is this. As I wrap up this morning, he wants to have a bigger role in your life. He's a person sent by God and Jesus to play a bigger role in your life. So let's use our imagination just for a moment. Let's imagine that the Holy Spirit, he asked us another question besides the question of who am I? Let's imagine that the Holy Spirit asked this question. How much room do I have to work in your life? How much room do I have? What kind of space are you giving me to work? You see, because the Holy Spirit was never meant to be a silent partner. The Holy Spirit was never meant to just to be on the sidelines of your life. The whole reason that we're, we're focusing on the person of the Holy Spirit, we're teaching this, is because we know the Holy Spirit is saying to the church, I want to play a bigger role in people's lives. Is there anybody in this room that says, I, I've just got to have more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I've got to have more of his help. I've got to have him. You know what? I do. I've got to have more of him. Here's one of the unique things about the Holy Spirit. He's not going to take a place that you don't give him. So, so how do we allow him to play a bigger role in our life. How does that happen? How do we do that? I think Ephesians 5.18 is a great place to start. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Watch this next part. Instead, 
be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is is that, Pastor John, is that talking about just that that initial moment, that, that baptism that the Bible talks about? In addition to being baptized into Christ, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with the evidence of speaking tongues? No, it's not necessarily talking about that one. But to be filled with the Spirit is simply to say, God, Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And I give you room, Holy Spirit, to move in my life. I'll give you space to feel. I'll move all the clutter and I'll get all the stuff out of the center of my life that I've been depending upon and I'll put you, I'll make room for you, Holy Spirit. How often do we do that? We do that every single day when we get up in the morning to say, Holy Spirit, I just want you to know you got the center spot. I'm clearing my emotions out of the way and I'm clearing all these things out of the way because Holy Spirit, you, I I want you in the center. Before, before you, you, you send that email, you hit send on the email, you say, oh, 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 Holy Spirit, you're in the center. Do I need to send this email worded that way? Before I send the text, there are times they'll go, no, you better redo that one. And no, I wouldn't send that one. Before you go into a, a meeting, Holy Spirit, I want you to know I'm getting everything out of the way. Every, every day, getting everything out of the way. Because I need to hear your, I need to hear you speak to me and talk to me when I get in this meeting. Because I need your wisdom and I need your guidance. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. What? Just occasionally? No. Every single day, make room for the Spirit of God, your very best friend, the genius above all geniuses. How many in this room? After this morning. You're saying, I, I've got to make more room for him. I've got to make more room for him. I've got to not just be aware of him, but allow him to be active in my life. You just use your faith. You make a decision to make room so he can fill those places and fill those areas of your life. If he said, who am I? What would you say? What would you say? I pray that you'd say, he's my best friend. He's my best friend. And he's my helper, my teacher. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.